One of the central purposes of our radio ministry is to stir up in our listeners a robust confidence in the sufficiency of Jesus Christ for everything they need. As God's people satisfy themselves in the fullness of Jesus, He will become attractive to those around them. Welcome to the Bread of Life. As we listen today, let us pray that this desire will be met in our lives. Now here is our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. Here is the concluding prayer to the book of Hebrews. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, perfect you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Here is a prayer founded on the revelation of God and his saving work through Jesus Christ. For those who have believed in Christ, this prayer is assured to be answered. And the first thing prayed for is that we might be perfected in all that is good. This means to have the discord in our hearts brought into harmony with the goodness found in God. That is what God is doing in you, dear Christian. Believe it. A number of weeks ago, we spoke about the life of the Lord Jesus, and we talked about how beautiful his life was. If you study the Gospels and you trace them, the one thing you ought to trace above everything else is just to be mesmerized by the beauty of the way in his manner among men and the beautiful life that he lived. And we, we gave the reason for this beautiful life of the Lord Jesus. What we said is Jesus Christ's life was beautiful because he followed and he obeyed the will of God. He came to do the will of God, which means this. God's will is beautiful. God's desire for your life. Everything he wills in your life is beautiful. And the Spirit of God comes and God dwells in us to harmonize all these broken elements of our life that seem to go against the pathway that God would have with us. He, he lives and dwells within us to give us a power internally within us to obey and submit to the will of God in order that he might bring out from our lives expressions and works that are beautiful. To bring him glory and honor. Our lives are established to bring him beauty. The other day I had an opportunity to share a verse with somebody and it took root in my heart again. It's Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. There it says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has ordained that we should walk in them. And I was reminded that the word for workmanship there is poema. It means poem. God's will is beautiful. Obeying His will and submitting His will produces within me a beautiful life. God has made it possible for that life to be realized in me because He's worked in my life His own life and His own grace and His own power and His own presence deep internally within me, bringing harmony to my life, restoring the things that are broken and fallen in my life at the core of my being, bringing me into deep security and profound relationship with Him. And there at the center of my being, God begins to craft a poem for all to hear a beautiful expression of his own workmanship expressed in good works that give glory to his name. I am God's poem. And I'm a poem to be read and to be lived out before others. That's what he's praying. God, express the beauty and the poetry of that person's life. Can I give you a little bit of advice here along these lines? You know, what you want to do because God is working in you. Look at your life. And think of the things that you know are flaws. You know, they're not just a flaw that you had for a day or two. They're the consistent flaws of your life. They're the character flaws that have shown up repeatedly throughout your life. In fact, anybody who knows you well will remind you that these are your character flaws, right? 
You know them, they know them. They know that, well, you know, this individual is just a nervous person and they're just high strung and as a result they're just not very patient and they're kind of controlling or, you know, this person here is just a person who just has an extra dose of uh, self-interest. You know, their person has a magnified sense of self and they seem to push it and encroach on everybody else's life or this person is a person who's just, they just have a way of doing things and so they have a short fuse or this person, you know, if you only knew what he went through in his life and the things that he was denied when he's young and he lived with such insecurity in his life and now he, he just is a person who's anxious all the time or he's a worry wart or you name it, you name it. I mean, listen, I'm not going to tell you what mine are. You should know, right? If you hang around with me, you will. Don't ask my family. They're not allowed to tell. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. If this is true, if God's work deep within you is to harmonize you in all things good, so out of your life, your life might become an expression of good. It tells me how I ought to pray for myself, and it tells me how I can pray for others. You know what it is? That somewhere along the line, the very thing that I've got a reputation for negatively, that I know about myself negatively, somewhere along the line, this narrative is going to flip. Before I go to my grave, I want people who've met me later on in life to say, Oh, Joel is, I'm going to tell you, but I want all their compliments and all their expressions to be just the opposite of what people once knew and I knew myself. She's so patient. She's so thoughtful of others. He's so confident, secure, and restful in his life. Wasn't there most of his life. Wasn't there when it began. Wasn't there when he began his walk of faith. It wasn't there at first, but something happened. Their life was harmonized with all that was good in God. And out of that harmony, God began to triumph over those areas in their life and began to express out of their life a goodness, a goodness they had not known or would not have realized otherwise. I think that's a good way to pray. I actually think it's good. You think of those things that people might identify as your flaw, and you pray that when it comes time for you to go on, should you go on at your memorial service, everybody will be saying just the opposite, right? And when they write it down and record their testimony of what you were like, your life will be testified to be something other than... Don't just say, you know, this is just the way I was. This is just my personality. This is just how I was born. I just always had a short fuse. I'm Italian. I got Italian blood in me. I've always been a miser and not generous because I'm Dutch. I've always talked a lot because I was the youngest. And if you didn't talk a lot, no one would listen to you. I've been conditioned that way. There's some of them. Lord, no. Change the story of my life and the testimony of life to be a life that's expressive of the harmony of all that's good in you. Express that in my life. Finally, he prays that he would please or we would please God. I want you to know that as God's child redeemed by him, there will never be a day when God loves you more or God loves you less. There'll never be a moment in time in which you are less accepted or more accepted. You are completely accepted and embraced by Him in love. Having said that, there are times when you please Him more or less. Sometimes you do things that just don't please Him. Sometimes you do things that really please Him. I love my children, and they might not believe it, and each one might think differently, but I love them all equally. And I love them all intensely. But I'm not always pleased with all of them. Right? Sometimes. All of them. Sometimes just one of them. Sometimes none of them. 
Kids, children want to please us. They want to please us. It's an instinct and an impulse within them. And moms and dads, just let me give you some advice. Show your children that you're pleased with them. It's the most powerful tool for disciplining them. It's letting them know consistently that you're pleased with them so that when you let them know you're not pleased with them, it stands out. In fact, the most powerful tool of repertoire discipline you have is this word here, I am, I am disappointed in you. You've really disappointed me. By the way, it's so powerful, you should only use it a few times. I mean a few times. Use it very, very rarely. Maybe not once a year. Maybe just three or four times as they're growing up. Because it's so powerful and it stings so much that a child will ultimately develop some kind of protection from it. Because it wounds their heart. And then they'll become callous to that kind of correction. You let them know you're pleased with them. But every once in a while, you've got to say, I'm disappointed in you. But when they know you're pleased with them, they're happy. They're joyful. God is working in us to harmonize these broken areas of our life. God is working through us His Spirit, an expression of goodness, an expression of good works. And God does take good pleasure in us. He delights to delight in us And he's working to make us, he's working in us to make us delightful to himself. Understand that and know that. Now, pray for yourself and pray for others along those lines. Lord, that they would bring you glory. Lord, that they would bring delight to you. Lord, that they would live in your delight and under your delight and accept it and receive it. Some time ago, a young mother shared with me a prayer that she had prayed. She had found a quiet time in a moment in a very unquiet house, a moment when all the kids were napping, where she could be alone. She went there to rest and sleep herself, but as she went to rest, she found herself instead praying. And here was her prayer, quote, I found myself asking God, I just want to be good. I kept saying it over and over. Even I wasn't sure what I meant, but I kept saying, I kept praying, Lord, I want to be good. I want to be good in your eyes, in my husband's eyes, in my kids' eyes. I want my parents to see me as good, my siblings, my friends. Lord, I might not be everyone's favorite type of person, but God help me to be good to them all and do good by them all. Now, child of God, I just want you to know that's a prayer that God hears. That's a prayer that God will answer. It's a prayer that is consistent with His person and His purpose and His provision and His program for you. And when that prayer is offered up in utter surrender to His will, it's a prayer that produces a beautiful life. It's a prayer that brings you under and full surrender to His Lordship. And over time, you'll find that it's a prayer that shapes and molds in you a life that God takes tremendous pleasure in. Learn to pray these things for one another and pray them for yourself. Here's one last thing. And this is going to totally go against everything that just happened here this morning because this was a really, really long sermon on a very short prayer. Right? It's a long bit of information and we haven't really touched most of what we could see of the elements, the profound elements of these verses that we've looked at. But I just need to tell you something. When God leads you to this kind of prayer, when God brings you to the end of this 
understanding of growing in your knowledge of Him and growing in your knowledge of His will and seeing the provision of His great saving work and understanding how it is that He reveals His providences and seeing all of His promises laid out before you, when God moves over those things to lead you to pray for one another and the Spirit is guiding you in the prayer, understand something. Your prayers will be surprisingly short and brief. One of the most significant signs that you are praying, being led by the power of the Holy Spirit, is they're not long. You don't have to lay down a bunch of conditions for God. You don't have to explain to God the theology behind your prayers. He knows it all. He understands it all. You don't have to do a lot of expostulating. You don't have to lay down terms and conditions. There's no sermonizing when the Spirit's leading you to pray. You just claim before God who is the basis for all that you pray. You just claim and you lay hold of the possible and the provided for. And then you wait in hope and expectation. Let's pray for one another. Let's bow our heads. I want to thank you for joining us today, Feeding on God's Word. Bread of Life Radio is a ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our work around the world, go to cpeonline.org or traincpe.org. And to learn more about our local mission fellowship, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Your financial gifts make possible this radio ministry and CPE's work to make disciples of Christ among the nations. We praise God for your generous prayers and giving to that end. Until the next time, may God bless you.